We are oh, out here. Tag. Fuck y'all talking about sophisticated tag. ignorance. Are y'all fucking crazy? That's a fact. Talk are that y'all crazy? Yo, y'all getting me tight. Like I be out this here trying to be, to be humble. Let's be not get drop. fucking crazy. Sophisticated ignorance. All right. Yeah. They ain't gonna like me. They ain't gonna like me. I be getting to the money. Everybody man. Think I'm getting too much money. Everybody man. Same old nigga from the block. Same old nigga with the pop. Same old nigga from the trap. Everybody hated on the Danny Bounce right back. <laughs> oh shit, he pressed the button. Oh right. Okay. Doomsday. This is happening. We it's always real get, now. We always get kind of nervous when it counts up. Did y'all listen to the last episode? Well, the 100 episode? I did. Where I kept the, the intro when yeah. I was... <laughs> Everybody get on the fucking ground. Wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sophisticated Ignorance. I am Naima Simone. I'm Steven. I'm Vixen. You're fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Every back. time you do this, And you we're back. Yo, because we always talking shit. I told you on the last episode, that's how it sets the vibe. You're right, you're right, you're right. You got it, you got it. You got it. All right, Steven. Why I always got to intro somebody? Well, this Why is you this is them? your contact, and on top of that, wow, you're good okay. at introing people. You are, you're Am really I? good. You're really good. Yeah. You're like, you're the, like best. the best. The GOAT. Nah, I know y'all niggas is lying. I know y'all niggas is The fact y'all both said it at the same time, I know y'all niggas is lying. Y'all just don't want to do this shit. Listen. Noted. Fine. So we have a special guest this week. Uh, due to what we're talking about, we won't be having any video. There won't be any visuals of any kind, no photos as well, based on the sensitivity of the topic. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to introduce everybody to T, as you know, we get to refer to her as for this episode. Thank you. Hi, I'm T. Um, I am excited to be here, and I thank um, Naima and Steven and, and Vix for um, allowing me the opportunity. Yeah. To share my story. We, we appreciate you coming on the show. And just to give everybody a little backstory. So, I, well, I don't even really technically kind of know you. Wow. We've never really Perfect. had conversations. Perfect stranger. In depth. That's yeah. how most of Steven's friends are. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was a sub, but okay. Not, not a sub. <laughs> Quite overground. <laughs> but, um, her husband is somebody that I grew up with, longtime friend. A great guy, and um, I would see them both around. Never really, I I don't really get involved in like my friends' relationships or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So um, eventually, I did start to follow you on social media, and then more so recently, you posted something on your IG story that you know you shared with the world for the first time, and I was completely like thrown away because it was a shock to me. Because I don't know if you ever, I well, not even that. I think when you once we get into the topic, usually when you hear that word, you usually imagine what that person may look like. Mm-hmm. Typically, we associate them to be white. They look a certain way. They carry, they're carry. they socially awkward, things of that nature. So I never got those vibes based off of, you know, your social media. So once you, you know, revealed what you did at that time, I have reached out to you. Because you have reached out to me prior right. about being on the show. Right. I just couldn't figure out, okay, you already did, like, the whole couples thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what what else could we talk about? And then I f- figured that was the perfect opportunity to bring you on the show. So um, 
for everybody that's listening right now, you revealed that, you know, you just figured out for a long period of time in your life that you were actually part of a cult. Right. Yeah, I was. Um, for 31 years of my life, mm-hmm. um, I was a part of a cult, um, a religious cult. The reason why I call it that, and I know that um, cults have a negative connotation, um, mm-hmm. However, the reason why I call it that is because um, it was a negative experience for me, but also a positive one, more negative, now that I'm um, realizing that in my adult life. Um, It was a cult because when I just basically Googled the term cults, Mm-hmm. Every characteristic of my church, like it was, ex- it was explained there, just laid out. Right. And for so many years, um, we've kind of been under this shroud of the word cult, and we've kind of always, um, like, uh, shut it down. We say, you know, they're they're blaspheming against the church, or against our mm-hmm. pastor. It's pro- it's um, persecution, and um, yeah. So for a long time, when people would refer to my church as that, I would automatically shut it down. But just doing a simple Google sh- search, I've never done it in my entire life. But to kind of confirm or kind of um, have me hold hold fast in my decision to leave, I had to start researching, like, what it means to be in a cult. Like, you know, looking at other members that were, like, ex, ex, ex-members um, and seeing what their experiences w- were and realizing that, yeah, like, you were in a, in a cult. Like, it was, you had a leader. Um, and, yes, it, it was a religious cult. The leader had a Bible in his hand. But, I mean, the psychological, like, brainwashing and mm-hmm. all of that, it's, it's, like, it's so tremendous. And it's only now that I'm realizing it as an adult how consumed I was in the religion. Um, but I've been that way my whole life. I was I was born into it. My mother came up from Jamaica, um, and that was the church that had kind of witnessed to her there. And as soon as she came up from Jamaica, she was like, and came to the stage, she's like, I need to find the church. And she went, my Nana came eventually from Jamaica over there. So we were like rooted in this mm-hmm. church. Like it was mm-hmm. my mother, my grandmother, um, what will come to be my father, his parents, um, yeah, we were just like spread our roots in this in this church, and it was, um, it was it was home. It was it was home for mm-hmm. all of us, it's as, especially as immigrants. Knew. Right, you coming right. up, you know. And this is another big thing about my church is that our our leader was a white a white man, and he mm-hmm. was a white man for a predominantly Caribbean Afro Afro Caribbean um, church. Interesting. He was the only, you know, Caucasian man there. Um, you know, and automatically when you tell people that, they're like. That that's that sounds weird, you know, and um, I've gotten that all my life and still, you know, I rationalize it as saying, you know, this is the man of God. Like only through him will you see, you know, heaven or, you know, God like and if he condemns you like you're condemned from the religion mm-hmm. and from mm-hmm. God. And, you know, so it's now as an adult, that's my work is separating that from my spiritual walk. And mm-hmm. it is it is difficult and it's complex. And I'm in a very um I'm I, I'm in its in, its infancy. I'm just unlearning everything. Got you. Yeah. So, I mean, based on what the media portrays, usually the the idea of the cult is usually this isolated compound where they don't really associate themselves with the outside world. Everything is built on the compound. Like you're saying, it's just that one strict leader that's right. in control of everybody. Mm-hmm. How true was that for? the cult that you were a part of so um we were actually in the middle of harlem um it's very unassuming on the outside um it's not many windows um it's it is like a a fortress almost inside we had um it was a school that i went to as well so pretty much for 
six days out of the week, I would go there every single day religiously. And um, we were separate from the community, um, kind of like, you know, how a church would be involved in the community, we doing youth right. services, mm-hmm. none of that. Oh, like, that was not our mission. We were not there to be for the people around us. It was only for the people that were inside, and that's pretty much what mattered. Um, as far as, like, police, like, helping us, like, nobody wanted anything to do with us because we were so... Um, isolated, isolated, Secluded. right, right, and we and we wanted it to be that way because, and this is another big reason why I left is that there was a huge um, court case in the eighties involving involving our leader. Um, he was charged with uh, raping and uh, sodomizing two young girls, fourteen and sixteen. Um, he was actually convicted. And um, but what happened at the time is that uh, the church parishioners, they put up their houses, they put up bonds, all of that Mm -hmm. to kind of um, help him out. They were able to get like a pit, a pit bull lawyer. Um, One at at the time, um, one of my family members told me was one that represents like like mafia, like like that type of lawyer. And um, he was able to uh, beat the case and, and he came out and essentially, quote unquote, we won. You know, we got our pastor back and um who cares about what happened with those other girls? They're probably lying. That's kind of what it what it was. It was a lot easier to accept that than accept anything else. Yeah, because this definitely. man was like, he was your gateway to heaven. Right. So any, right. So I grew up in church for a little bit. So it's kind of like your pastor, whatever he or she says, that's word, and your thinking is coming from God through them. Mm-hmm. So you have to accept what right. they say. Absolutely. And then the Bible or whatever teaches you forgiveness. Right. So it's like, I have to forgive you. Right. Right. Like, no matter what, exactly. I have to forgive you and exactly. have to believe your word. Yeah. Right. right. That's so exactly how we rationalize it. We said, you know, yes, you know, he has a sordid past and, you know, these things are following him. But, you know, you know, no man is clean on this, on this earth. And who are we to judge him? You know, mm-hmm. and that's and that was fair enough. But, um. Yeah, it just it just wasn't making any sense after a while. Uh, it just wasn't was like adding a, up. Um, sorry, to <clears throat> was there like a hierarchy in the church, or was it more like he was the leader and everyone else was just like the followers? Yeah, he was the leader and everybody right. else was the followers. I mean, you had structures in place and and um, other churches. I'm sure they have like deacons and like mm-hmm. elders in the church, but mm-hmm. essentially, like what he said was Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, forget about if you can find it in the Bible. What he said was Bible, and. Um, yeah, he would pass judgment down on people. There was a time when um, he ordered all the men in the church to shave their heads as like a way to like submit to him and like mm-hmm. show his show, show your submission. His power. Yes, exactly. I'm and sure and a lot of them to, did. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them did. Um, but it was yeah, a lot of a lot of them did. Mm. So it was. So okay, you kind of uh, dismiss one of the myths that usually goes around with cults of it predominantly being white people. Mm-hmm. What were some other myths that are false in in that case? Like, uh, what's another popular one? How everybody wear cloaks. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, as far as our clothing and our dress, it wasn't, um, there wasn't anything that um, we couldn't wear. Um, obviously, just like as an, as another church, just I guess like modesty. But mm-hmm. there was there was no official like uniform that you must wear right. or anything like that. No, they were mm-hmm. very loose when it came to like clothing attire. So we would um, migrate and and work in you know outside, um, but we always understood that you know we were. Um, a part of this world but not of it does that make sense Mm -hmm. right you know what I mean like we were in the world but not but not of it and we would kind of have to navigate our our world in that way Um, there was always this 
I grew up with kind of like, I don't want to say this elitist attitude, but at the same time, I'm also realizing that growing up, I've always had the, they're not like me, you know, in the back of my head. Mm, So, you know, as an adult, I have to break that, I have to take that away. And it's like a lot of what I put my value on as a human was based in those teachings and that doctrine. So now that I'm, you know, taking it away and shedding it, you know, a lot of my self-worth and my value was in that. So it's it's about now just trying to navigate navigate that and just understanding the complexity. So with that being said, like, what were some things that were part of your, like, day-to-day life that um, you look back on? Like, like, what were your earliest memories as a child? So my earliest memories of, as a child was um, basically a sense of community. Um... And that was the positive aspect of it. Um, I, the girls that I graduated from high school with, I was in school with them from the ages of six months to 17 years old. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we created a bond. We shared a bond. We, well, we, we, we all kind of came from the same place. And um, that, I think, was one of the positives. We all went to the same school. Like I said, the school was a part of the church. Um, it wasn't accredited in, the, um, in New York State, so I had to have my GED. I never got a high school diploma. That was that was a downside, clearly. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, just having that camaraderie, um, just having girls that you know. Now looking back, were there anything that you seen like behavior wise as a child that was like okay, this a little questionable? Some, yeah, like some of this, right. something's off. So as a child, I know the constant um, talk was that you know don't ever be in the same room with him. You know, kind of mm. like stay away from him, like. My mother would always inform me like, oh, you know, um, you know how you as a as a female, especially your mother tells you, you know, don't let so and so don't sit on. So like it was always like, Uh don't ever go in there. Don't ever think if anybody ever does this to you, you let me know. So that was always constantly like in the back of my head, always Mm -hmm. like but but never was I as a child was I blatantly told like this was going on. You kind of had to like find it like with the whispers and, you know, amongst other children. Right, right, right. But our parents, um, they did a good job protecting us from it because they knew that it probably wouldn't offer anything positive to our life. But eventually, as adults, you you do your own discovery and you, you know, find 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 your own truths. <laughs> so then, also then discuss that transition to being a teenager because that's usually the time in anybody's right. life when you start to figure out right. what works best for you as an individual. Right. So I think um, it came hand in hand with um, dating. As you know, 16 years old, um, you know, a girl, young girl, you know, you're ready to date. Uh, one thing in our church is that you weren't allowed to date anybody outside of the church. Mm-hmm. So um, you literally had to just date the boys that you grew you grew up with. So just like how I had those four girls where we, we were together from six months to 17 years, there were boys as well. So that was your pool of, um, you know, suitors. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And there was no going outside and finding some a mate. There was none of that. And if you did... You know, it, it wasn't taken taken well. You know, they would always feel like, oh, this person is only here because they just want to be with you. They're not really here for our religion. They'll leave you eventually. Mm. Um, so it was it was always that. But um, actually, me and my husband are a very rare case. I was actually able to find him outside and bring him in. But to, like, the entire congregation's dismay, um, he was accepted, right? But it was always like awkward you know right every Mm -hmm. time you come to church like they'll be looking at you funny it was almost like they were pushing him out it's like when you um when you have like that racist 
parent right, or that racist exactly, grandparent exactly. that you date outside. Right. You know, you're group. not you're not welcome there. You're just there because their loved one is putting they up toler- with you. So they're they toler- right. Yeah. They tolerate you. Right. And real quick. So, <clears throat> I mean, so obviously this is um, labeled as a church, but it also seems like a family. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. It, so like, I mean, when was was there a certain time where it felt like it was more family than church, church and family, or was it was kind of like all intertwined in a bit? Um, when it came to like my close friends, you know, it was a family atmosphere. So on Sundays and, and Tuesday evenings when we go to church, it did it did feel like a church. It did because um, you know, it's just that I don't I hate to use the word, but like that judgy feel. You know what I mean? Like I was never a part of the in crew, if that made any sense. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if later on I'll probably delve into why that probably wasn't, but I wasn't ever considered like in the in, in, the in crew um always kind of felt excluded and i think that also helped me transition out because i probably never felt like i belonged in the first place and it was just mm-hmm. me just trying to force everything interesting so okay it's weird that they would require or prefer that you would date within your same pool because if everybody is pretty much just born into the cult I would assume that individuality is hard for people to actually oh, yeah, obtain. Definitely. So oh, yeah. I don't know. I just I, it was just something I thought in my head. It was like, how could you possibly even date somebody where usually you date somebody that has different ideas, mm-hmm. different things you could discuss. Right. But if this person is ex- basically the same yeah. individual, yeah. I could imagine how that that had been difficult. Right. Right. But it. I mean, he. The reason why that was in place is just to reinforce the doctrine for generations because right. if you now have somebody who has a totally different um like mindset especially mm-hmm. in religion or especially on obedience to a leader you're now kind of watering down you know what he had him he had in place so that's why he wanted and he supported it by using the scripture you know the equally the equally yoked scripture like mm-hmm. you know you guys are equally yoked so you shouldn't you shouldn't be with anybody on the outside you have to get somebody on the inside this way you're equally yoked so that's how that's how that uh, mindset was driven um backed in scripture but so were they like really focused on okay you're part of this family the outside world doesn't really exist or was like if things happen outside of the world were any of that stuff addressed were no we didn't we didn't address like current events that wasn't our our thing literally we were in this world in passing like that's that's our mentality like this Mm. was the world that we were occupying right now but it was everything was in passing we weren't of it we didn't discuss politics we didn't discover and i think that's another reason why we weren't really big and like big in the community is because you know how a lot of churches they'll back a certain um politician stuff like that like we Mm. had nothing to do with it um no interest um so that's that's how that was just just being separate like that was the way we were driven separate um and fear was driven um with exclusion um fear of excommunication which we Mm -hmm. call disfellowship um public humiliation like shame like all of that like how you would break you know a grown man down kind of reminds me like i guess like in the slave like 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 that slave mentality you know Mm -hmm. you bring him to the front like the strongest man in the room and you try to knock him down, like you, you know, call him out on his job. You tell him to open up his wallet and show me how much money you have. And, you know, yeah, like like that, like just terrible, terrible things that that started happening at the end. And that's kind of when I knew that this wasn't I wasn't on the same page as, as this doctrine. So we have a question before you started to leave. Was there any kind of rebellion from other members? Um, you know, a lot of times you see people who are just like, no, like. 
I'm not with this anymore and they speak up. Right. And you see those people speak up before anyone else catches on. Did you see that at so all? So all throughout uh, my tenure there, there's always been um, a, a group of naysayers. There's always mm-hmm. been someone that or a group of people that aren't that aren't with anything. Like like they're not interested. Like they don't. They are calling it out for what it is, and they're speaking their truth. So we've always kind of dealt with those people in our mind. Like oh yeah, you know they're. Um, possessed, yeah, like right. non-believers, or, or they have a guess, demon right. in them, and you know, you kind of wish the them away that way, right, right, right. right. So, yeah, so you kind of <laughs> wish them away that, that that way. So I've always dealt with that. So it wasn't new for anybody to be like, oh, well, I don't believe what he's saying because I've always dealt with naysayers and mm-hmm. um, what we termed um, weeds in the in the congregation, mm. weeds, we um, people that you know you can't pluck them out. But they'll eventually pluck themselves out. So now I'm literally considered a weed. So now I have a different mindset too. And it's once again, like once your self-worth is 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 grounded in something like this, and then now you're on the flip side, it's kind of just trying to come to your own. Do you remember a point where it was like they like the pastor asked something and you looked around like Y'all really with the shit? Like, so, y'all yes. This is what we so, do? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 So, um, if you've ever attended any one of the services, the one thing would be noted is that the pastor was very frank when it came to sex. That was a topic that he always Obsessed touched on. Over. Yes. <laughs> and that, yeah. So, um, the term penis and vagina was thrown around all through the service. Am I correct? Um, his motto was that, you know, and this is very deranged, and um, he would say that a father should be the one to teach his daughter how to, like, you know, get to know herself. And, you know, a daughter should see her father in the nude so she can see what a man looks like, you know, and things like that. And, mm. you know, the older people in the congregation would be like, oh, my God, this is so disgusting. I don't want to hear it. But then they'll come back every Sunday and Tuesday. So, you know what I mean? Like, they'll be like, oh, God, I hate when he starts talking about this. But, like, this is a part of him. This is a part of his truth. This is a part mm-hmm. of his, what he's teaching us. Right. So, um, but they tried to separate it. They tried to say, oh, you know, he has his problems, but he's delivering the word. So let's just roll with right. it, you like, know. Man, he is flawed, but, you right, know, in exactly. the eyes of the Lord and Right, all that right, right. So that's how they dealt with it. And essentially, that's how we learned to deal with it as well, you know, and just seeing how your parents were looking when he used to talk about it and you modeled that, you know, and you just say, okay, that's just what he's saying. Right. And then move along. It was deranged. Yeah. yeah, I know. So then what was that final straw where it was like, okay, this is not for me. This is not what I want to partake in. And I got to create a future for myself that right. I'm happy about. Right. So, um, when I, when I met Hanif, um, it's kind of when, obviously, like, what I did was a, a rebellious route. Like, just be honest, like, I had gotten pregnant before we got married. So I had to go to my pastor and let him know. I was like, listen, um, like, I'm pregnant. Uh, how do we do this? And we went to him, what, on a Tuesday? And by that Sunday, we were married. Like, that's how quick it was. He was just like, listen, y'all got to get married. Like, it's either you're going to be involved and be her husband or you're not. And you're going to be, you know thing and you guys got to figure it out but he was just like he encouraged us to get married and, and we did and we did and because you know i i felt like i messed up like you know because this is my religion and for all my years like this is what they tell you not to do like you go outside you find some guy you <laughs> cannot 
did the complete opposite. So it wasn't yes. really encouraging. It was more like guilt. Yeah, it was more mm-hmm. like guilt. It was like, this is what has to happen. And, I mean, thankfully, I had it with my beautiful, with my handsome husband, and he was supportive, and he, he was just died. a ride or die. No, he's amazing. <laughs> I lucked up. I did. I did. I'm incredibly blessed. I truly am. Probably better than the ones in the church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I couldn't go looking in there. I really couldn't. Oh, no. And thank God no. I didn't, because, I mean, they have their own things that they ugly. have to deal with. Imagine both of us dealing <laughs> with it together. I oh, just God. think that dynamic is weird. <laughs> if you're teaching me, like, this is my brother. Right. And then I'm supposed to be intimate with right. my brother. It's right. Like but it's like incest. it's like in the Bible days, you know what I mean? It was like we likened ourselves to like those ancient times when you had um you had your tribe and you had to marry within the tribe in order to keep it pure, in order to keep it, you know. Right. That's when you didn't have a choice. Right, <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That was what B C two thousand and whatever. It's true, like, it's true. You're not kidding. I know. But no, I mean, yeah, but you know, like in in that regard, like, you know, considering that you guys were like a close community right. it makes sense that they were trying to like keep it within that right. realm mm-hmm. right. I mean, so it's not to say that you didn't have a choice but in the sense of upholding the yeah. religion upholding mm-hmm. the practices and the teachings you know they would want you to connect with someone that could kind of be on that same level right exactly you know I mean? exactly so um now that you've left do you feel as though like you have like emotional trauma like you have P- a form of PTSD from everything like from an yeah. emotional standpoint, how do you feel? Um, well, if we're going to talk about mental health. So the when I knew that I definitely had like an unhealthy relationship with this church is the day that I found that my pastor died, I had a panic attack at like the local Walmart. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was out. Like they had to call the ambulance. Like I was oh. rushed to the hospital. And, you know, from there, I realized that I had, like, this unhealthy connection. I mm-hmm. felt like when he left this earth that my chance at getting to heaven was, like, nil right now. Like, you know, like, kind of like, where's the, where's the world without him? You know what I mean? And um, that's when I knew that, like, something something wasn't right. Because <laughs> my, my, like, my salvation shouldn't be tied into a human. Right. That doesn't make any sense. So that's when I started to kind of really reevaluate my entire belief system. Mm-hmm. Well, piggybacking off of that, so like that moment, like that moment that you posted that um, that post on Instagram, like what was what was your thoughts and what was your kind of like, yeah, what was your thought process kind of leading to that moment? Like, what made you decide like, yo, I'm sending this, right? You know what I mean? So um, it's funny because I was talking and I was rambling that night, and you know, the question came up and I was reading it there and. To me, it's not that it, it isn't a big deal, but it was a part of my life. Like I was just literally just saying it as if like, you know, this is just a part of my life story. I didn't I didn't really expect to get such a, a big like response, but it's because of the word cult. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And that I think is the, what brought the most attention because of that word. Um but yeah, I just I wasn't expecting it. I was just kind of just saying it. I kind of just said it just because I didn't really think it, it once again like carried such a weight like in other. I knew that it was something that I was dealing with like and I had to get over and. Right. But um yeah, I didn't I didn't think it would have that much Im- impact on 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 others. But I'm glad it did because it kind of you know it's waking me up to kind of be like wow like you were kind of like out of the ordinary and there are a lot of things that I have to unlearn. Um, the way that I view other other religions, um, mm-hmm. even in our doctrine, like the Catholic religion, Catholicism, all of that was like 
referred to as the great whore and you know yeah like it was it was like that so I'm I have to unlearn a lot of those things and uh, sometimes I find myself and obviously it's not going to be overnight but I do find myself um saying certain things in my head and I'm just like wow like that's that's the religion like you have you can't you can't mm. be like that and you know so you touched upon uh with the pastor getting locked up right. for the case in the what was it the 80s yeah and then also how he referred to sex in a certain uh light mm -hmm. uh you also well you sent an email over with all the details you also shared that uh there was still sexual abuse going on even while while you were part of the cult oh yeah absolutely um there were there were cases um I know, well, close, close, close family members have told me I was never a part of the, I was never abused by the church, mm -hmm. period. I was never, I was never a victim. And that's one of the reasons why I feel like I was excluded is because I, I never gave off that energy or that vibe where, you know, like to be included, like, you know, you had to, I don't, I don't know how to describe it and it's going to sound horrible, but when there's when there is um like rumors of sexual abuse around surrounding someone and you you um you see you see certain things you know and you see how others are more um sexual right i don't want to say that anybody is at fault for having no no no, 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 no. Like that. it's more like but, the more connected you are to right. the source, you know what I mean? Right, like, like the more leeway you have, like the better you look, the pretty you are, you know what I mean? The more that you're uh, like, you know, admired within the church. So I was never a part of that. So I, I'm, I don't, I don't know, but, um, oh God. No, <laughs> 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 nah, but just uh, like elaborating on how that behavior clearly wasn't an isolated incident when right. you got oh, off yes. in the 80s. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It was not an isolated incident. I had a close friend tell me that her um, parents had, like, relationships with him. Her mother was in a marriage at the time, and she ended up becoming pregnant and had to... Like, it was it's a bunch of scandals. Like, just mm -hmm. little fires that you always hear, mm -hmm. and the person's behavior never allowed you to shut it down, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, like, because when you, you hear all that, and then you go on church, and then he opens it up by saying, I never paid for a prostitute. Like, it was just like, what? Like, who says that? Just, all right. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Looking back, like, I realized how sexually driven our sermons were. It wasn't even funny. That's weird. Yeah, so you could see that this person had, like, some type of, like, sexual deviance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was just a sick individual. Yeah, right. and he had power in this church, and, and he he let it he let it rain. Um, he's no longer on this earth right now. That's another reason why I didn't want to, you know, reveal, because he doesn't have... Um, he doesn't have the platform to defend himself, right. and I don't think that's fair. But I can, you know, I can also speak on, you know, what... Your truth. Your truth. Right, 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 absolutely. So do you feel as though, in your personal opinion, that it was easier to, like, brainwash people based off of uh, if they were born into the cult as opposed to bringing people in, outsiders? I think the reason, I think the reason why he went to foreign islands and things like that is because he was searching for vulnerable populations. He was searching for people who wanted to come over to America. It was this mm -hmm. white man, blue, blonde hair, blue eye that was, you know, selling them a dream about what it's like in America. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as soon as they came over, uh, that was the first place that they landed usually. 
Um, and back in the 70s and 80s, I mean, this congregation was like 300 plus. Like it was a, a large congregation. He was able to witness to a whole lot of people throughout the world. And they came to our church and kind of settled here and just made that their grasp, their 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 roots. And um, from there, there's family members that like like 30 family members in. You know what I mean? Like it was kind of mm-hmm. like we branched out like when when we um like landed there and we created our roots it was like we had grandchildren we have great grandchildren like it was it's a family system it's a whole mm-hmm. networking it's like you have the right generations it was yeah some some three four generations all within the same the same church you know, that reminds me of like historically how like christians from like england will come to the islands mm-hmm. and try to convert the people there right. and if they didn't convert like they would kill them basically you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like just that concept of like um, colonization, right, at right, that right, time, absolutely, you know what I'm through religion mm-hmm. and how it happened for so long, right. and probably maybe still happens. Who knows? Yeah. But you know, just in the same regard of how he decided to like go to the islands, right. because I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily a stereotype, but most people within the island culture do have a very heavy like spiritual right. grounding. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like maybe somebody like him going there and kind of convincing them or influencing mm-hmm. them through this religion right. you know they were kind of caught onto that yeah and decided to like come here that, that's pretty accurate because if you speak to anybody that if you even just have caribbean blood i know he could attest to this like the white savior is the thing yeah in third world countries yeah. is yeah there's people look at jamaica and mm-hmm. how people you know well it's not only in jamaica but look how you have numerous people bleaching their skin to be right. lighter yeah. it's because they look at that skin as mm-hmm. being fair skin sure. being wealthy being of a certain right. status right. so it makes sense that you know people that are down on their luck or you know unfortunate circumstances they gotta just do his bidding right that's true right. that's true at what age did you start questioning um the church um i would say <clears throat> I would say shortly after I had my son, mm-hmm. um, my mother had revealed something to me on my wedding day, me on the wedding day. Um, the pastor's son, which was like an elder, like a big person in the church, he mentioned, he said, um, how long do you think this will last? Like referring to our wedding. I mean, like our our yeah. uh, marriage. Holy shade. Yeah. Okay. Right. Holy so, shade. And this is somebody that I admired. Like I didn't have any bad thing to say about him ever, mm-hmm. you know. So for him to come and say that about my marriage, it, it just kind of threw me for a while. And I was just like, why would they say that? Like they're supposed to be encouraging this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. what they told us. Um, that they were going to do in supporting us. And then to say a comment like that to my mother of all people, I think that's pretty like bold and, and really disgusting. And um, from there, that kind of, I, I, I kind of stopped going as often, um, especially with my son, um, because I didn't, I didn't want my son to feel like an outsider. Never. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I just kept him away. I didn't, I didn't know why at the time, but I just, just something was pulling me away right right and i had a son now i had somebody that i had to account for somebody Mm -hmm. who i was responsible for so um yeah something something was just pulling me and like you know what maybe this isn't you know a religion where you want to however i did put him in the school and he had two incidents within like two months in which he had to be taken to the emergency room like in like at the school like the church yeah the school yeah the school that was in the church um okay. well the, I mean, the school the was church in the church of, so yeah. yeah that's what I meant um and it was pretty much like 
he was two at the time. He ran and he ended up busting out one of his teeth and we had to bring him to a hospital. Mm -hmm. And then another time he ended up busting his head. He had to get stitches. Like it was just little things that was happening. And I'm like, why are you guys one? My son is very energetic. And that's Mm -hmm. how he always been. And and when you have these um, like church schools, if your child isn't like in this like weird little circle or if they're too energetic or if they talk too much they automatically assume that something is wrong with them or they're bad or anything like that so i think that's probably what was happening too like they kind of just like um i thought they didn't really care for him but they didn't really watch him as much because they were like oh Mm -hmm. he's like the bad the bad kid and he ended up getting hurt and from there i took him out in april of that of that um yeah. of that school year yeah and I never I never brought him back and so from there and then when I had put him in public school he had gotten student of the month within the first month so I was like you know what <laughs> I think this is God telling <laughs> right, me right, right. that I need to like wisen up a bit and you know mm-hmm. so that's so that was that and then once I took him from the school because that's a big thing like when you go to the church you have to put your child in the school like mm-hmm. that's right. they write that in your wedding vows this way they kind of ha- hold you to it um, that the child will be in the community. But I, so, um, oh my God, I said the name. But anyway. I got to do mad edits. <laughs> Wait, did Academy. I say, did I say, um, the, yeah, the, yeah. No, so, we're going to say it. Don't say it. I'm not going to say it. No, no, I'm not going to take that back. No, no, no. Oh my God. That's fine. We'll bleep it out Okay, thank you. So that was, so that was it, yeah. So clearly they were using like God and religion to mask their true intentions. What do you think What do you think were the true intentions of the cult? I think the true intentions of the cult is was basically to me, it was a business. You know, it was a business. um, And in order for them to keep the business running, they had an agenda to um, send out. They had an agenda to push. Um, They did it and mask it in religion. Mm. Um, It's like if you're not and I don't know how other churches are, I've only recently been to another church on my entire life and it's just because right. you know throughout you weren't you don't go to other uh, other other churches but um tithing was big if you weren't tithing you know it was kind of like you're no longer a member like what's going on mm-hmm. like they would you know kind of like hound you like what's mm-hmm. going on if you want special services or whatever like you have to pay your tithes or you have to do right. this um so it was a, it was a, it was a business, um, and that's another reason why uh, I kind of look at religion a little different. Yeah, because so. that business aspect and what does business have to do with my salvation and my you know spiritual walk with God and yeah. So right. you would think that at least in that business aspect, because I used to go to church like a lot when I was younger, not so much anymore. But within that business aspect, you would think that you know the funds that are being raised through the tithing and other things are going back to the church and back to the community. But in this case, it wasn't really going to the community. In a community. lot of cases. No, right. no of... actually, mm-hmm. this man had think, a yeah. million-dollar home in Long Island, a oh, mansion <laughs> in Long Island. Flossing. They have their own, like, property. Like, it's it has its own name. Like, it's an estate. Um, Mercedes-Benz, multiple cars, uh, family members with car- with um, houses all around New Jersey. And, the you know, so they have money and they were getting money from people and mm. you know there was a we call it third tides and every third year you would give 30 percent of your income to the church and that was to go to the fatherless the widows of the church and none of this money you would ever see unless you were in the in the in crew and then mm. you know from there they'll be able to help you but if but if you weren't a part of that crew if you weren't you know getting favors Mixing. done or whatever right. then you know well, well that sounds about, about right because <laughs> most churches be 
You know, most pastors and stuff be flossy with, with yeah. the money. Yeah, anyway. it's the same shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been to churches that had ATMs. Oh um, my god! In the front, no way. so That's like a, a lot of times, <laughs> like a lot of times, my friends feel like and they need to like you ATM fee. Oh. Listen, yeah. So a lot of times, my friends feel like I need to be saved. And I'm like, sis, you've been going to church for two years. I was in church since I was like six until I was like 25. I don't right. need this. Swipe me your card at the altar. crazy. One time we're sitting there and. Everyone gave, you know, the you know the basket went around. Everyone gave, you know, something. And then he was like, "Oh, we still don't have enough, but there's an ATM outside." Oh, like, I'm leaving. Yeah, <laughs> I'm leaving, and I'm taking the ATM I'm with me. Fam, I'm not paying your five dollars. I'm like, pass the bucket <laughs> back. I want my money back. <laughs> like, I want my money back. I want a refund. <laughs> I want a refund. I want to untie. Like, I don't want this prayer. It's all right. Give me back. I'm about to cash out the. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that's crazy. Venmo him. <laughs> Like first like, one, sis. My G, you ain't paid this invoice. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. I, I understand the concept of tithing and understand how mm. it works within the religion, but obviously because of human, I don't know, human error or whatever, it's mm, not sure. the way that it's it's used. It it's usually used. abused. Yeah, yeah. Of course. yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been told my grandmother stop. Like I told her, I was like, right. yo, I'm not giving you money to get to the pastor. Give a little more. Right, Give right. for the Lord, exactly. not for me. As right. he stuffs it in his pocket, like come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a dub for that. So, looking back, is there anything you would consider positive within the Yes. Yeah, so, um, there there have been uh, positivities. Uh, it created structure in my life. Like, I knew where I was going every day of the week, pretty much. Um, I knew who my friends were. I knew, you know, who was okay to talk to, who wasn't. So, it did create structure. And, um, and you know, you have the ch- that, that uh, churchy feel. You know, when you grew up in the church, you kind of... Um, feel like you know you're doing better you know in life than if you didn't you know so i i I won't take that away from the experience um yeah that's that's about it and i'm I'm looking for something like that to offer to my children but i i'm still navigating on whether that will be a church that will offer that i don't know how was the wedding i'm curious about the wedding the wedding yeah how was was our wedding so our wedding was um it was it was beautiful because you know I married the love of my life. Oh God! Um, That's getting edited. But it was it was like Word. it was a last minute wedding. Like we literally decided on Tuesday that we'll get married on a Sunday. Um, so the wedding was I I went to Macy's with my mother. We went to like the kids like junior prom aisle or whatever, and like got a dress and Hun got his tux from what like. H&M, I think. Yeah. Dope, dope. Just, yeah. So we were just, you know, we were just two kids that mm-hmm. were like in love and I was having a baby. We were having a baby and we wanted to do it right. And that's what we did. And it happened in the church, right? Yeah, it did. After after service, um, it was just me, my husband, his family and my mother and my brother. Mm. and my stepfather and they were just the only ones my friends didn't even know like actually after service i, I told my um my um, best friend i was like hey hun i i'm getting married um at three but i understand you have to work so <laughs> i'll let you know how it goes really and she was like yeah so it was literally yeah i didn't i didn't at that time i wasn't really focused on the wedding like i didn't i wasn't raised to believe in like you know big weddings and mm-hmm. all of that like it was just the the marriage that was most important so we wanted to begin our marriage. Yeah. So how has all that time affected you in terms of how you view society and how you view life is supposed to be? Yeah, that's I'm still answering that question. Um, I'll probably forever will be answering that question just because 
it's like everything just got mixed up for me. I'll be honest. Like I, I, I thought I was um, on a roll. You know what I mean? Like I knew what church I was going to. I knew my mm-hmm. faith. I knew this. I knew. I knew. You know, I had I had answers everything for everything. You know. And then when something like this happened, and I came to this realization, it's kind of like I'm reflecting and realizing, like, wow, was everything a lie? Like, um, as far as you know, God loving me, I know that God is real, and you know His truth. But as far as what the church was feeding us, like everything is a lie before. And I was telling um, in the office before, I felt like the world was just a little cocoon for me. Like there were things that I know that I'll probably never experience. Like I was never allowed to um, go away for school because, you know, we were taught that, you know, you stay home and Mm -hmm. get your degree and you do a career that's, you know, a normal career. So you're able to be in church on these days and things like that. So, um... Now, knowing that, like, the world is my oyster is a shock. It is. It is. Like, I could live in Africa if I wanted to right now. Before, Mm -hmm. I didn't have that option because I had to be near the church. church. You know, I had to be able to go regularly to church. But now, I I have, like, the freedom to do what I want. Does that affect, like, um, your relationships with people? Like, Um, how you interact, who you befriend, who you keep at an arm's distance you know what i think for me it it actually helps me kind of um i feel like i'm i've become more outgoing like i'm interested in in meeting you know and talking to people and Mm -hmm. and just you know finding out like everybody else's story and before you weren't you weren't allowed to like it was what's the point of learning about this person where you're not even going to be communicating with them for very long you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. um everything is in passing with them um but now like you know you can actually learn other people and and talk with other people and it's and it's and it's really it is really good and i have a husband that that supports that um I'm trying to be in like a social media more before I wouldn't like I was very recru- uh, like you know closed off and um I didn't really let a lot of people in but now I'm beginning to kind of share that you know I may have a personality that may be okay. <laughs> this things about you. Right, this things about me that might be interesting um to others. I don't yeah. They have the cult part, kind of. You can yeah, start with that. Exactly. <laughs> That's usually an icebreaker. And we'll be like, ah, either, either they think, right. <laughs> but but it, it goes both ways because, you know, sometimes when you say that and you tell people you're a part, they can look at you like, okay, she's a little Weird. cuckoo. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, why would you not, you know, catch on, you know, in the 20th year maybe or something? But it's it was bigger than that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it kind of, it all depends on who you are as an individual because, mm-hmm. I think it was last year that Craig Mack passed away and his later years he was well he left rap to be in a cult mm. and you then you said Craig Mack yeah wow. he passed away while he was still participating in the cult mm-hmm. and that chick from Smallville oh yeah uh, the blonde haired one somebody. yeah mm-hmm. she was also part well, the, of a cult well that was a little different I don't know yeah that <laughs> one was, yeah, um, yeah she she was wild that was, that was a cult cult I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she, she was, was wilding. She was definitely the she headmaster was, of that one. That was wild. Yeah, she she was definitely in the in crowd. I yeah. feel like I remember <sighs> that story, but I don't at the same time. Oh. Uh, you don't want to know. Yeah, okay. she mm-hmm. know so I think you've already mentioned it, but how, explain like your relationship with God now, and do you separate God from church at this point? I'm learning to. I'm not perfect with it, and I still feel like, you know, I should be going regularly to some some church i haven't found which one speaks to me or anything like that but i do feel like i should be dedicating some time to you know going somewhere to serve him even though i can serve him in my closet i can serve him in my home 
um, at least for my children as well, just providing like a place where they feel like they can worship. But as as I'm learning also, and I, even as I said that, you know, you can have service any a, a, anywhere if you have two or more people that are. Right you know, commune and, and together mm-hmm. on the same accord, you can have service anywhere. So I'm, once again, just trying to deprogram myself to even feeling like I need a structure to go to in order to praise him. You know what I mean? Like, it's all in, internal. Mm-hmm. Um, your body's your temple. And now I'm beginning to realize why that's being said. It's, you know, your thoughts, your, you know, which, I don't know. <laughs> I'm figuring it out as I'm talking. Uh, have you ever run into anybody that you was in the cult with like yeah there's 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 people um throughout my years that um you know you know that they were a part of it once they're not anymore some of them i've excommunicated myself girls that i've grown up with and i kind of just like cut them off because i'm like well you don't go to the church anymore so i don't need to talk to you Mm. and um now you kind of reconnect with social media though you know like Mm. and it slowly like kind of infiltrates like initially i was like i'm not friending anybody who was a part of the church and no longer there anymore and then as time goes on you know they they'll request you and you'll have that request sitting there for a while and then Mm. eventually you know you you accept and then you see hey you know what this person looks like they're doing okay in life and they're not yeah pretty much like like, they're not yeah yeah they're not like mad annoying things like that or they're not like on a downward spiral or anything they're actually maintaining they don't look any different than i do um probably (laughs) mentally so much in a better space than i am but um yeah you kind of realize that you know the most and another thing that happened was that I would meet some incredible people outside of church, right? And then I would go to church and the people in there would treat me like... Trash. Yeah. Mm. And it was like, this isn't making sense either because I'm leaving church feeling worse than I did going in. Mm. And there are people that are on my job. There are people that are in my school that uplift me and actually, you know, make me... Want the best for you. Right. And it was just like, okay, that's another thing that isn't making sense. So all of these things were just adding up. Mm. Did you ever have anybody that, since you left, look at you kind of crazy? Like, oh, yeah. you ain't gang no more? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I, I'm I'm thinking maybe one of my friends is that way. Like, I, I when I came out with that cult comment, um, I thought I would have heard from her or, any, or something, and I haven't. Like, she hasn't reached out to me. Actually, her family member approached my family member and was saying, you know, what's wrong with her? Like, why is she talking that way against us? And, mm-hmm. you know, so I am receiving backlash in that. End. And a very close family member to me had me just question my entire um, decision in coming here and talking and just saying, why don't you just let sleeping dogs lie? Like, why Why even talk about it? Just leave it alone. And I'm like, no, this is the reason why right. this stuff is still going on. It's because mm-hmm. there's silence. They want to hush you up. Right. They just want to hush you up. If you know this is wrong, call it out and just be done with it. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to one day be in your bed, like, you're, you're on your deathbed and just... I, I feel like I, I will be one day and just saying, I should have done more. I should have mm-hmm. said more. Mm-hmm. And um, if I can speak my truth, then... That's it. You know, I shouldn't feel guilty in in in, in um, sharing that. You said the pastor um, passed away. Yeah. Did somebody take his spot? Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's his, um, not his son, because his son was supposed to be the one to take to take over. Son and he may actually not even really died. be his. No, oh, he wow. actually died a couple weeks the after son? his dad died. Yeah. Oh, wow. this is a yeah. So his grandson is in control now. And he's like... 
the him like 2.0 like he's on like a whole damien from level. the omen huh like what? damien from the omen yes For and it's example? just like it, yeah <laughs> yeah and he's like t- like yeah like he's like really trying to do the most he's saying he's young he's able to pass oh we got you know, energy right oh, he has the energy now mm. to do what his grandfather didn't didn't couldn't or at the time so mm. i want nothing to do with that i'm just like no i'm not gonna be a part of this at all yeah, that not sounds at all. crazy yeah and then it's like the business. It's like, okay, so if this man was called from God, my pastor, fine. I believe that at some point. Yes. His son is called too. Like, how do we know that, like, everybody in his family is just getting called by God? Like, it, that didn't make any sense either. Like, why does it just happen to be handed down yeah, from generation family. to generation? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any Moses, his son, didn't be like, wasn't like, well, I'm the new Moses now. Like, it was just like. <laughs> Look at me. Right. Exactly. Like, it was totally right. given My to somebody staff is else. way more lit. Right. So right. that was another thing. It's not generational, I don't believe. No. Once again, it's it's that concept of keeping that power within that right. structure. You know exactly. Because it's not like, oh well, you're my greatest disciple, so right. now you're gonna right. take control. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's, it's it keeping just, it in that it, exactly. bloodline, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Very you're absolutely Game right. Uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones. I don't know. <laughs> so since you've been out, um, have you ever considered, or if you already are going to therapy? Yeah, I would like to. Um, I would. I w- I'm open to the idea. I am nervous to just be put in a category, though, that I will say, because, you know, when somebody I feel like when somebody hears that you were a part of a cult, like they just kind of have like these set uh, um, like preconceived notions. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like while now looking back, it wasn't what I thought it was. But at the same time, at that time, it was my everything, you know, so. To have somebody maybe talk against it, it it, w- it would feel hurtful. But I'm sure a, a therapist will be able to navigate that without me feeling like they're condemning me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will seek seek therapy eventually. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, that's their it. job, so yeah. they should do it efficiently. Right. They would hope. Yeah, no, therapists are pretty good at that. They're yeah. not there to like judge or whatever. They're just right. there to like break down, like right. you know your thoughts and kind of conceptualize it to where you have a better understanding of who you are and who you went through. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, because once again, this is, this this was the majority of your life. You know, Mm -hmm. so for all that time, this is all that you knew. And now that you stepped out of that, you're seeing the world from a different perspective, from a brand new light. Mm -hmm. And, it's a it's a matter of kind of like retraining yourself right you know what i'm saying like you you're taking all the basically good parts of what what it was Mm -hmm. and kind of you know twisting it to a sense where it's like it's beneficial for you and it's not you know especially for your family now you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. you know you you want to still hold on to that sense of like spirituality because that that's a part of your life but not from a twisted way right you know what i mean uh speaking of family do you now that you're out, did you look back at your family and start to look at them crazy? Like, how could you allow for something like this to happen? No, I I tried. I tell myself not to. And I think my being a parent has allowed me to make sense of it. You do the best that you can with what you have, what you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So at the time, you know, my parents thought that was the best for me. That was the best for them. And they did the best that they could. So I don't hold any, like, animosity towards them or anything like that. Um, they protected me within it, you mm-hmm. know, to a certain degree. Especially with my mother always telling me, like, oh, don't do that. You know what I mean? So she protected me and she did what she could um, at that time. So I respect it and I don't feel any way towards her for that. Um, however, 
I, I know, um, and I touched on this before, my father was a part of the religion as well. And he ended up leaving when I was very little and divorcing my mother. And the pastor had advised my mother to pretty much... Um, like have the children not have any contact with them with him because oh, wow. you know he's not a part of the church yeah, you don't want him you know influencing the children and mm -hmm. like that and my father was a part of the church since he was a teenager so he he obliged he was like you know what um i respect your decision to have our children there and i understand the doctrine um and i'll allow <clears throat> this to happen you know and uh yeah so he wasn't a part of my life for the majority of my life as well uh, I didn't really talk to him or anything like that at some at one point like um I I literally just thought of him as being dead like that was that was what it was <laughs> I did it was a coping mechanism yeah like I didn't I because you know I just cut myself off from him I felt like he didn't want anything to do with me and I had no desire to deal with him and that's how it was. So how's that relationship now, if there's one? So the day that I found out, or the day that I pretty much came to, to the realization that this isn't what I wanted to do anymore, it was a Sunday. And on that Monday, I reached out to my dad. The next day, I called him on uh, Facebook, all of that. Not called him because I didn't have his number, but through Facebook, I tried to reach out to him. Mm -hmm. um, I eventually did get to him. I was, was just like on a rant. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, like you, you are the one that knows what I'm dealing with right now. Like, I'm right. trying to break away from this. You've been here decades ago. Like, where do I go? What do I do? Like, how do, how do I navigate life now knowing mm -hmm. that this is no longer what I associate with? And, you know, I, I apologized to him. I, you know, was truthful with the way that I felt about him during our separation and, you know he was very forgiving um he did tell me in the same breath that you know he was sick and he has he has cancer it's a terminal cancer it's a rare blood blood cancer so um he's on his last round of chemo now and um yeah that's pretty much what they could do for him so it's also wrapping my head around the fact that you know my father relationship with my father was taken away from me mm -hmm. in order to follow this doctrine i don't i don't get to have you know like my dad in the capacity that I would have hoped for, right? Mm. I don't, I don't regret it. I don't, I don't live life with with regrets, but it's bittersweet um, in a sense. Yeah, it's bittersweet. Yeah, you like can't you finally, it. yeah, right. you finally get out. You can finally yeah. get that chance to make that relationship work, and exactly. then you know it's on borrowed time. Exactly, exactly. That's yeah. tough. It is, and he he has a lot of um. He's dealing with a lot of like issues himself even still within the church he hasn't stepped foot in another church in all his life either he said yeah. um since he left and you know he's dealing with his own um demons so while i wish that he could come from a place of healing for me i think he's still even dealing with a lot of those broken um issues that he that he right. left or because you can imagine how there. long he's been there and how right. much he's scarred right and his that. parents are there and they're like you know stone in there like they ain't budging. No, you know, and they're and they're older, and a lot of times too older, older some older people. Um, they're so headstrong in mm -hmm. it, and they're just like, "This is what I've been doing for 30, 40 years. Like, mm -hmm. why am I gonna leave now?" You know, yeah. even though I know this, it, it don't ain't make it. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I don't that, judge that's them. That stubbornness. Right. Right. Well, well, you got one more thing, or yeah, wrap things up. Um, you were a bit reluctant to yeah, come on at first, so. What was it that gave you the strength to come on and finally tell your story? And what do you hope people take away from your story? So what gave me the strength is 
um, the backlash and people saying that you should be silent, like you shouldn't talk about this. And that fuels me to want to talk about it now because I'm like, all right, don't tell me what I should do with my experiences. Mm. So this is me being rebellious again. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's my way of healing. I haven't tried it this way yet. Um, So, you know, maybe more healing can come from it. I don't think any harm was done here um, as as far as my talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's, I think it's time to try this, this, to try it this way. Um, so like if you could like, I don't know if this is like something you could like actually say but like if you could like say something to the people who are still in there that you would hope could like get out like what would that message be in the sense like for someone on the outside now this is what I would love y'all to like know experience because, you know what I'm saying like so um, I, I would first start with um, the sexual abuse. You won't take it from a coach at your children's school. You won't take it from um, your boss at your uh, workplace. So why would you take it from um, somebody who is was was proclaiming themselves to be the gatekeeper of your soul? You know, um, it just doesn't make any sense if you just if you just think about it for one second and then. Um, from there, just realize that whatever conclusion you come to following that, that, you know, that's that's your choice to make and that's your burden to bear or and um, that's it. But once you're armed with information, I think it's it's only right for you to use it. And if you don't, it's ignorance and you're like willingly being led by the blind. Uh, that's a deep. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, I got I got no more questions. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-mm. Yeah, we definitely want to thank you and your husband. He's sitting here right now. Thank yes. you thank both you. for coming and just sharing that story because I know, like, I mean, it seems like the more you're talking about it, is the more like your spirit is being lifted. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And the fact that you are like, as you said, still rebelling for the, those that still want to keep it quiet, and you're you're putting your voice to the story and, and making it known that you know these things exist. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's powerful mm-hmm. in it in it of itself. So, yeah, that's really appreciated that you, you know, came on here and, and well, you could have chose any other podcast, yeah. <laughs> but you decided to choose us. All right. <laughs> so I have to choose you guys. <laughs> she, was, she wasn't going nowhere else. Well, well, we're the gold standard. That's what I'm basically saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. We're to clean that up. Yeah. <laughs> Safe. But now, again, yeah, I thank you for coming and telling your story. We kind of got like a little streak going on with just crazy stories from different individuals. Just basically just, you know showing that there's different ways of life and people have Mm -hmm. different experiences and we really should just be more accepting of everybody and then i think it's a meme or some something that keeps floating around is like you know before you like joke on somebody or say something mean is like you really don't know what somebody has gone through in that point in life so i know we all joke at certain times but you got to be mindful of the things that you do say to people or just how you may treat them in general. So again, I Thank deeply you. appreciate you for coming mm-hmm. through. Thank you for having Thank me. you for coming through. Um, what else we got to tell them? Uh, oh, just like general announcement type stuff? Yeah, shout out to Bianca. <laughs> 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 I'm tired, y'all. Shout I've been up Bianca, since like 5 a.m. Uh, uh, everything's a blur. But yeah, thank you. Uh, shout out to Bianca for... Gang. For executive producing this, as always, uh, the episode comes out on Mondays, as usual, on most of the streaming platforms, Stitcher, Google Play, 
Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Title. All of that. No, no, no. We I'm manifesting it. I don't get the title back yet. I'm manifesting it. We don't get the title back yet. We got to practice saying it. When? We got to practice saying it now. Yo. Listen, I'm going to get my body done a second time. Just saying. Oh, baby. All right, yo. I'm going to get my body done, too. Yo, cut everybody, Michael. I'm getting my body done, too, sis. What? You out here with the Drake app? You're wildin'. Yo, let uh, the tidal wave come in. <laughs> Yo, we out. I, I ain't got nothing more to say. I ain't got nothing more to say. Drake low key looked like he had like a tummy tuck. He did have a tummy tuck. Definitely sophisticated ignorance, and I'm fucking with it.